Hello and welcome to Let the Record Show, a Sevilla Law podcast. I'm Callie Mize, attorney at Sevilla Law, where we help you through life's transitions. So today I'm going to talk about some estate planning myths and whether or not they're true. And this is an episode that I've wanted to do for a while. And these are all things that my clients have told me and discussions we've had. So before we dive in, just a reminder, if you have any questions about this topic or anything regarding estate planning, probate, and more, you can visit our website, www.civialaw.com for our blog and more resources to help you. So first myth. I have clients who come to me and they say, I have a will, therefore, that's all I need to do, and I won't have to go through probate. That is 100% wrong. So again, I have a lot of clients come in and say, well, I have a will. I signed this paper. I'm good to go, right? No probate? Unfortunately, no. A will alone is not going to keep you out of probate. Signing the will is merely the first step in getting your assets in order. And probate, for anyone who doesn't know or needs a refresher, this is the process of going to a court and having the court sign over your assets. Because if you're not around to physically sign a deed or a house title or bank accounts, etc., then a court is the only person who can do that. You might be thinking, well, what about my executor? We'll get to that. So the rules for probate in Illinois is if you have over $100,000 in assets or you have real estate, you have to go through probate if you check any of those boxes, unless you take extra steps beforehand. So everything that you have from bank accounts to your house to your life insurance has to have a designated place to go after you pass. So this means having a transfer on death instrument or what we call a toady to designate who is to receive your house after you pass. This means having payable on death or POD designations on all of your bank accounts, all of your CDs, life insurance, and stocks and bonds, everything. If you leave something out there that reaches that $100,000 threshold or you have real estate, your estate will have to go through probate. So ideally having a trust designated as your main beneficiary and then having the trust divide up your assets according to your wishes is probably the best way to go just depending on your situation because the trust itself you name not only has beneficiaries but contingent beneficiaries as well which helps because any good trust will name contingent beneficiaries as well so that if you're designated payable on death that the bank has passed away before you, the terms of the trust would distribute that to the contingent beneficiary. So my next myth that I get a lot is that the lawyer comes to read the will at the funeral. This one's totally false. We do not really do that except TV lawyers. And I'm a real lawyer, not a TV lawyer, so I do not come to your funeral and read your will. I love all my clients, but I don't come to their funerals and read the will. That's really something that the trustee or executor does in private, maybe with some family members, so it really isn't as big and dramatic as TV makes it seem. We'll leave that for Hollywood. The third myth is that If I have to go into a nursing home, the nursing home will make me sell my house. That is wrong. 
I have clients who are either getting ready to go into a nursing home or have a parent who will be going into a nursing home and they say, well, the nursing home said I need to sell my house. So if you or your loved one is on Medicaid, a house is an exempt asset under Medicaid rules. And if you need a refresher on that, you can go back to our Medicaid episode. We actually advise not selling the house until after the person in the nursing home has passed. And why do I say that? I say that because if you sell the house while the person is in a nursing home, they just came into a lot of money. If you remember from our Medicaid episode, a house is an exempt asset under Medicaid. All that money is not. So you've just transferred an exempt asset into a non-exempt asset. And more than likely, this is going to bump their assets above the Medicaid asset limits, which means they'll have to start to private pay until such time that they can reapply for Medicaid benefits, which you don't want to happen. So most of the time, nursing homes will say that you have to sell the house because they want that private pay money as opposed to the Medicaid rate that they get. So let's say the nursing home is $7,500 per month if you private pay. Medicaid may only be charged something like $6,000 per month. So the nursing home is going to want to make more money off of their patients. So no, you do not have to sell your house upon going into a nursing home. There are some special considerations with regard to your home and how Medicaid plays in, but we have a whole episode dedicated to that, so I invite you to tune into that one. And before I sign off, I just want to let our awesome listeners know that we have a special discount just for you. The first five listeners to mention this podcast will receive 10% off of their estate plan. So thank you guys, and I hope to see you guys soon. And remember, if you have any questions about this topic or anything regarding estate planning, probate, or more, you can visit our website, www.civialaw.com, for our blog and more resources. I'm Callie Mize, attorney at Civia Law, where we help you through life's transitions. The information you obtain in this podcast or on our site is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established.